Barry Warwick in today for Sally Lucas. Now, Barry, we're talking about airports because you've just come back from a fabulous holiday. That's right, Sarah. I've just been to a conference in Bangkok and I just thought that airports have changed dramatically in the past few years and quite often now you can do your self-check-in before you get to the airport. That's usually 24, 48 hours prior to departure. You still have to go up to the counter, of course, and check your baggage in. But you can still do the normal check-in process at the airport. So you don't have to do that online check-in. A lot of people aren't aware that you can do this. And a lot of people, myself in this category, if you don't travel uh, frequently, it can be quite daunting these days when you go to an airport because they're like a little community within themselves. You don't ever have to leave. Exactly right. They are vast. There's so many check-in counters. So the first thing you do is always check the board to find out which counter you need to go to and usually check-ins open three hours before so I like people to be there three hours before because sometimes the queues can be quite horrendous. Now obviously if it's the the counter of the national airline that you're flying you can probably check in a little bit earlier but generally speaking for those airlines that fly into Australia, it's three hours before. And this is even if you've done the early check-in, you still need to be there? Well, I always think that it's easier to get there early because you don't know what sort of security you've got to go through on that particular flight. They might have had a, a security warning and so they go through the baggage of everyone and I just think that it's nice. I'm not always on time for everything else, <laughs> but airports, always. And you don't want to start your holiday stressed where you're running, you know, you're, you're worried about missing the flight. You want to be there. I always like time to spare and to sit down and have a coffee before I do anything. That's, that's right. And look, after you complete the check-in, you need to go through immigration. Once you're through immigration, you can then go to, well, you go through security then immigration, and then you can relax, find the gate. But even the gates at airports these days are so far away. You I know. know, and you see the sign, you know, gate 46, and it's got an arrow left. You think, oh, it's just down there. But then when you get there, you realise there's a whole other tunnel you've got to go through and it's on the other side of the airport. Mm-hmm. That's right. It, look, it can take you 20 minutes, half an hour to walk to the gate. And if you're an elderly person, quite often we experience where people don't want to have a wheelchair because they feel that it discriminates against them. Sure. But generally, if you ask for a wheelchair and you can, we can put in notes to say that you can walk, you do get a transfer to the gates and it makes it a lot easier so that you don't have to cover those distances in that time. So, so Barry, you get in, uh, obviously you go and you check in, then you go through immigration, security, you head to your gate and usually around your gate there is somewhere where you can grab something yeah. to eat and grab a drink and, and you know exactly where you've got to go and you can relax then. That, that's right. And look, you can go from there to a lounge if you're flying business class or first class. Never had first that class. experience, I'm It's a nice experience. (laughs) But um, there are other lounges that you can actually purchase entry to. So if you want to get away from the hustle and bustle of the airport, you can do that. Of course, all airports these days have really great shopping. So that's always... Duty-free, yeah. Duty-free. So you can spend your time. So there are things to do even if you've been there and got through security early. But security can, you know, sometimes it can take 15, 20 minutes to go through security. I transited Singapore on the way. Coming back, I actually had gone through security in Bangkok, got on the flight, arrived at Singapore, went through security again to come off the plane 
and then when I got to the gate, they had another security check. Wow, okay. So, you know, sometimes... He, he, prepare can, for the unexpected. Prepare for the unexpected. Singapore tends to do most of the security at the gate rather than uh, at the terminal, but in this case, I got hit with both. Yeah. So we know how to navigate around the airport now, but once you're there, there's some amazing tours that you can actually do in Bangkok at the moment. That's right, Sarah. Look, as with any city, there's lots of things that you can do but this time I actually did uh, two things that were a little bit different for me to do and one of those was I went on a Chinatown food tour. Oh, cool. So with this one, we were picked up at the hotel, were taken on the MRT. Bangkok's got two transport systems, the SkyTrain and the MRT. We were taken close to Chinatown, and then we walked. So the first thing we did was uh, pull up at a street stall, had some sticky rice and mango, which was absolutely Yum. delicious. And look, eating street food in Bangkok, most people just wouldn't they do it. They clear. But at least with a guide, you know that you should be pretty safe. And there were 12 of us on the um, the actual tour and no one ended up being sick. So obviously they knew the right ones to that, pick. My husband would love that because I have to try and stop him whenever we travel to go to, you know, any street <laughs> stall. I'm like, don't. You don't want to be in bed for the next couple of days. <laughs> but it was beautiful food. It was beautiful food. Look, this tour takes around about four hours. So you then walked on to the next stall. The second one was another dessert and then we went to the next one for a main course and they explain what's in the food so that you know what you're actually eating. I was going to ask, did you know what meat you were eating? <laughs> yep, they tell you what meat you're eating and uh, we, we didn't eat anything too, too exotic, but the food was all excellent. We ended up at a sky bar at the end of the evening. It was a revolving restaurant where we just had a cocktail. All of that's included in your tour. Sure. Uh, and then they give you a drink at the end at the sky bar and see the, the changing skyline of Bangkok. And Bangkok's a really sprawly city. It's got lots of different areas. So when you're travelling there, it's not like Sydney where you go to the centre of the city and the, you know that Darling Harbour's there. It's and all there for you to see. All in a compact. Bangkok just uh, really spread out. So you need to, to travel between centres. So. And Barry, you do recommend the tours to do this because you travelled on your yeah. own initially? I travelled on my own initially before the conference and I uh, did that tour. Then the next morning I did a tuk-tuk tour, which was, again, a great experience. Um, we went to a temple, went to the Royal Palace, the old forts of Bangkok and then we went to the flower market. Now, the flower market was technically not on the tour radar, but the tour guide decided that it was a great place to stop. Oh, fantastic. And it's interesting because it operates 24 hours a day. Does it really? It does. This flower market, and it's uh, you, you see them actually making arrangements, making the orchid bangles, and there are so also an area there that has food as well. So I always find that those sorts of things are really interesting to do, to really see how the city operates. And, you know, as we walked through the, the market, we saw people that were asleep, saw because it operates 24 hours, some people actually sleep on on the premise there's accommodation on the, the the premises and i think that that was the highlight you know the royal palace 
and a flower marker and I choose the flower marker. Good on you. Sometimes yeah. it's those unexpected things where you just see how authentic something is and you go, wow, this is great. It wasn't on the agenda, but I'm so glad I saw this. That's right. And look, years ago, um, 30 years ago, when I first went to Bangkok, they used to have a floating marker. That's pretty well gone now, although at a weekend there is a floating market. So if you want to do a floating market, you should all time to be there over a weekend. Bangkok still has a number of markets. I went to the markets in Patpong and they were just like they were 30 years ago. I am sure that nothing has changed. They were selling the fake watches, the handbags, the clothing. It's kind of nice to see something stay the same. <laughs> it is. And, and a little bit of authenticity and people haggling over prices. Those sorts of things are starting to disappear from our cities now. Well, it sounds like a wonderful place to travel. I think you've all got us itching to go check out Bangkok if we haven't been there. Barry, looking at the hot deals in the marketplace, there's some great ones to snap up today. There are, and cruising is always popular, and Australia now, I think, have uh, reached the most per head of population of any country in the world. Wow. More people cruise here than anywhere else we've ever overtaken the US. So Regent Cruises, for example, have some really great deals on some of their cruises. On a Dubai to Singapore, they're offering up to 40 free shore excursions. Singapore to Singapore, they've got a voyage that's thirty has 32 different shore excursions that you can choose from. They also have 15% off some of their cruises. So again, something to look for, Mm. a good saving. MSC, which is a uh, European-based company, they've got some things over the December period. So if you want to escape to Europe for Christmas, you can get 50% uh, off per person. Geez, that's a lot. It is a lot. So, um, you know, obviously they have a, a limited number that they offer these at, but that's around the European air, around the Mediterranean. Uh, in the Caribbean, because they also do some cruises there, they've got a 35% off per person. Arabian Peninsula, if you wanted something there, they've got some deals there as well. So something that's worthwhile checking out if you want looking for something around that December period. This is, uh, I don't know so much as a special, but it seemed like good value for money. It's not going until the 10th of May next year. But you do two different cruise lines. So uh, you do a celebrity cruise and a, a princess cruise. It's 29 nights and you start off in Japan. You go across to Los Angeles, do a inside passage tour and then end up in Las Vegas. That sounds so great. So a great combination, you know, for under $6,500. That so, does seem very good value well, for money. Well worth it. And another one that I also came across is the, the possibility of doing... Cunard has three ships, the three queens. They have a, a tour that, that you can do all three queens. And that's some something that you know, particularly Cunard cruisers love doing is to get to travel on each one of those ships. And to finish up, I thought that uh, skis, the European ski season or Canada and US, there are deals out now, early bird deals out for skiing in those areas. And they're very popular as well for people that love getting on the snow and getting active. The ski fields over there are just so large and... You've got to book ahead. Power, but yeah. book ahead, 
get the best deal. Well, Barry Warwick, thank you so much for coming in and talking travel with us today. We look forward to it again next week at the same time on 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.